As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. What happens in the sky affects life down here on Earth. The Celestial Compass shows you how and guides your way with astrology you can use from professional astrologer Kathy Beale. Every episode features her light-hearted practical forecasts and navigational tips, blended with humor, optimism, and a love of patterns, symbolism, and pop culture references. Kathy translates technicalities into concepts that apply to real life. You'll learn how the current moment ties to where we've been, from the recent past to cycles that last happened years ago, and get a look at where we're heading. And much more, from special topics to special guests. The Celestial Compass. Enlightening, entertaining, and empowering. Here's your host, Kathy Beale. Greetings, Earthlings. It's Kathy Beale of EmpowermentUnlimited.net. We are going to talk about a really fascinating approach for astrology, but in just a second, I want to start with a quick recap of what's going on astrologically this month. Just a reminder, my forecasts are at omtimes.com and my site, EmpowermentUnlimited.net. And this is an unusual month, like No month lately has been unusual, right? But what's unusual right now is the noise level continues to get louder and louder and louder with retrograde Mars heading toward a full moon in Gemini with Mars right on top of the moon this week. And that could bring a lot of things to a head. Mars will continue to be retrograde halfway into January But as the month goes on, there's a sense of sanity and grounding creeping in underneath all the noise. So I encourage you to look for it as um, Mercury and Venus and then the Sun all move into Capricorn, no nonsense, Santa Baby territory. What's it cost? What's it going to, how's it going to stay with me for the long haul? Um, and at the end of the month, then we get a double whammy of retrogrades revving up with Mercury in Capricorn joining the retrograde dance. So from the end of the month into the first two weeks of January, Mars and Mercury will both be retrograde, meaning that we're not going to start the new year off running like some people think There'll be much more of the two-headed Janus retrospective uh, view of reality. But still, 
look for the calm, look for what's on the ground in front of you and where you're heading, and uh, try to plug your ears this week and know that the noise level is ultimately going to peak. Some people will turn the amplifiers up to 11 or the monitor or whatever it is, uh, and, and then the monitors will blow out and things will start getting quieter. So, again, the forecasts are at omtimes.com and empowermentunlimited.net. And enough of this. I'm very excited. We are talking today about soul-level astrology, which shows the deepest part of your nature, your core, your life purpose. And we're talking with its creator, astrologer and New York Times bestselling author Mark Borax. He is a dynamic and provocative author, counselor, teacher, public speaker, music and songwriter, possibly the most multi-hyphenate that has been yet on my show, whose humorous, compassionate and startling insights inspire others to awaken their soul force. He uses astrology to free the magical, soulful side of human beings. In his readings, broadcasts, books, newsletters, and in-person lectures that combine music with talk, he spins tales of transformation that begin evolving people on the spot. He's the headmaster of the College of Visionaries and Wizards three-year certification course and author of Crossing the Bridge to the Future, Cosmic Weather Report, co-authored with his mentor Elias Lonsdale, and the forthcoming The Ruby Heart of the Dragon, a radical revision of the 12 Zodiac Signs. Welcome, Mark. Thank you, Kathy. It's delightful to be here. And I'd like to start with what's probably going to, this question could take up the whole rest of our time together. How did you come to astrology? Well, let's see. I was always on the quest for something more since I was about nine years old, and I had the revelation that my parents and other adults were not being really who they were. They were, they were wearing masks. They were, they were limiting themselves down. And it was a very sad revelation, which was kind of like I'm on my own because the magic that I'm feeling, maybe it's something they felt when they were my age, but somewhere along the line they lost it and they put on masks. So that was the first revelation. It didn't send me into astrology directly, but it primed me for the 1960s um, revolution in consciousness where I was an adolescent and I, I dropped acid when I was 16 and I hitchhiked to California and, um, and I got the message that life is much freer and that things are much more multidimensional than uh, certainly than they were telling me back in Stratford, Connecticut. Then I got a couple readings which really affected me. But in 1987, just after the harmonic convergence, I met the man who later became my teacher, Elias Lonsdale, and he gave me a reading that um, it, was, it was more like an acid trip than an information session. At the end of it, <laughs> uh, my whole body was soaked with tears and I, that I didn't even realize I'd been crying because he was talking to my soul. And, and when it was over, I said, I don't know what just happened, but whatever this guy just did for me, I want to learn how to do for others. And within two days, I became an astrologer. 
I've been studying astrology entirely on my own for four years and only looking at my own chart. And then um, I hung up my shingle in Berkeley, California and designed uh, Soul Level Astrology. And can you, do you have a, a definition for Soul Level Astrology as to how it differs from the 58 other flavors of astrology that are running around? It peels apart layers of personality to get down to soul. I'm not actually interested in the astrology of it. For me, um, the the birth chart's greatest uh, purpose is as a window to the soul. If if I can clarify the window, um, you see, otherwise it's like there's this romantic couple in a chalet in the Swiss Alps, and there's this breathtaking view outside the window and what many astrologers are, do, are doing is saying, my goodness, look at that window. It has four panes of seven-inch glass and a wooden, and a wooden center in, in it. And, and it's like, no, it's the view on the other side of the window, which for me is the soul of a human being. So, so I'm much less interested in the astrology of it than I'm interested in the soul on the other side of that window. But the astrology is your entry point, though, right? That's right. That's right. Mm-hmm. It's a frame. It's a framework. It gets mm-hmm. me there. Um, I, I had mentioned this before the show started. I, I have read one chapter out of the book that you're working on that radically revises the 12 zodiac signs. I've uh, read the chapter for my sign, and... Uh, it was one of those, well, I may start crying here, which is something that's pretty odd for an Aquarian to do. Um, but it, it just, it rang so true, and it makes me wonder how a person does the research to uncover truths like that. Well, it gets back to something that I realized back when I was about 18 years old, and I was uh, I was torn between go, continuing a life of journalism or switching to poetry, and I realized that practice will improve your prose, but the only way to get better at poetry is to get better at life. And, and that's what happened, Kathy. I had, to, I had to live those revelations and spend the last four years. This um, New Year's Day will be... Four years I've been working on this manuscript, seven days a week I write every morning, and I've had to just um, persist in peeling away uh, the ego, the illusion, um, the, the fluffery, the, the superficiality, and get down to the core. But from having done soul-level astrology readings for thousands of people around the world since 1987, I had to do the same thing at my computer with the book. I had to peel it down and peel it down and get closer to it. Plus, I had a, a, a great teacher who, um, who, who, his teachers were Mark Edmund Jones and Dane Rudyard, so, so my teacher's teachers kind of set it up for me to be able to do my own magic, which is, which is what you're talking about. Clearly, clearly, this is not a rational process. I don't mean it's a crazy process, but clearly there's something bigger going on here than uh, going through a cookbook of aspects, which so many other people do. Because um, you hit on the heart of 
some truly astonishing stuff. So now I am curious as I'll get out to read the 11 other signs. So you better believe I'm getting this book <laughs> when it comes out. Oh, so people know what we're talking about. It's uh, again, it's the Ruby heart of the dragon. Um, and, uh, boy, where to even start with this? Um, you draw a distinction, and uh, this may be something that you learned from your mentor. You you distinguish fate and karma and destiny. Can you elaborate on that as three separate forces, I guess, or yeah. paths? Yeah, it's a lens. Just like astrology is a lens through which to view reality, and that lens... It's a three-part understanding that uh, fate is the beginning state that most human beings are caught in, where they're just kind of being pushed around, mainly unconsciously, uh, like herd animals, rather than awakening to, um, to, to their deeper identity and purpose. Karma is when the person awakens out of the fate state of being a herd animal, and begins to clue into the fact that there are repeating patterns in their life that they can collaborate with. They can take up their karma and do something with it. Destiny is the third state of the fullest engagement where you, um, where you get so aligned with your creative purpose that you just rocket toward it. And uh, are, are, like you'll notice some people, uh, um, my friend, uh, Ray Bradbury, the famous writer who became my mentor, my literary godfather and my friend, he, he was on a, on a destiny circuit. He was, he was so lit. And I don't mean to say he was grandiose, he was egotistical, he was nothing like that. He was very quiet and soft-spoken, but inwardly he was just lit with destiny. He was, he was on track of, of, of why his soul decided to even come here. I, I wrote down a, a, a sentence uh, in, in my chapter elaborating on destiny instead of, um, i got to read my own writing here, uh, breaking your momentum to handy, handle tricky situations, you draw them into the jet stream. Yeah, yeah, and that was something that I built on uh, something... Ken Kesey had said that I first read in Tom Wolfe's book, The Electric Kool-Aid Acid Test, about going on the bus with Ken Kesey and the Merry Pranksters uh, and the Grateful Dead. And it, it, it was Kesey said, don't go into the world's movie. Get the world into your movie. I have no reaction to that. I have no, I have no words. Wow. Okay. Yeah. All right. Well, some of us have some pretty interesting movies going on, so that makes sense. Well, that certainly describes Ray Bradbury. Yeah. I just—he was my idol when uh, before I had met him. Just through his stories, I I read his stories over and over again out loud to my friends, to my parents, to my girlfriends, and um, and then through a fluky set of circumstances I got to meet him and befriend him and uh, he believed in my writing at a time when I was not getting published and he really his belief kept me going hmm that sounds like oh let's see which were these three words was it um destiny uh, <laughs> <laughs> 
the, uh, astonishing. Well, I mean, you're just naming the the people that have pollinated your work are are truly astonishing. Um, and it sounds like, from my tiny vantage point here, uh, that not only have you come in contact with like a lineage of really visionary thinkers, but you have then worked with what they've done to your sense of reality yeah, and expanded on it. Would that be an accurate description? Yeah, absolutely, because um, I, I consider um, soul-level astrology to be the work of turning karma into grace. And, um, and uh, my life has not been... Uh, really an easy existence it's it's not I, I wasn't an orphan who grew up on the streets but um, but I've had a lot of struggle a lot of wrestling and um, and and through it I've worked hard to put the spiritual information I got from books and from movies and from mentors and from acid trips into work so you know I would drop acid when I was 17 and I might spend five years mining the uh, what I got from that acid trip before going back into that zone again so I was really I, I, I was I've been really working it as a songwriter and a, a, a poet and an astrologer and um, and I think that's what you're sensing that that I had the fortune to stumble upon these these great um, people who who gave me um, support that I had to then take and run with, and in doing that, um, I followed Rudolf Steiner's advice, which is if you wish to advance along the psychic path, for every step you take in that direction, you should take three steps toward becoming a better human being. And. With that, I'm going to pause us for our first break, and we will pick up on that in a couple of minutes. Stay with us, everybody. The cutting edge of conscious radio, OM Times Radio, IOM FM. Being a radio host on IOM FM allows you to build your show on a rich platform with the power of the Internet to fulfill your outreach goals and connect with a very specialized and global online audience, unlimited by time and distance. OM Times Radio will provide you with web relevance, a recognizable conscious brand, and with the standard of excellence that has accompanied every single OM Times endeavor. Host your show with OM Times Radio Network. Grab a cup of tea or a glass of wine and tune in for Inspired Conversations with publisher Linda Joy on Tuesdays at 2 p.m. Eastern. Linda creates sacred space for leading female luminaries, empowering authors, heart-centered female entrepreneurs, coaches, and healers. A soulful venue where guests openly share the fears and obstacles they've overcome, wisdom and lessons learned, and the personal journey that led them to the transformational work they do in the world. Inspired conversations to empower you on your path to authentic, soulful living. Want help with your own celestial compass? 
Visit my site, empowermentunlimited.net, for Astro Insight forecasts for each week, month, and new and full moon. Want to explore the personal impact? Make a decision? Understand another person? (laughs) It is possible. Click the Services tab to book a personal session with me. That address again, empowermentunlimited.net. You came across someone struggling with hunger. How would you recognize them? Would you notice an eight-year-old girl who's not not excited excited for summer summer break? Because she may not be having lunch again until September. Or a war veteran who's having a hard time landing a job and getting back on his feet. I am the one in eight Americans who struggle with hunger. I am hunger in America. Hunger can be hard to recognize. Learn why at IamHungerInAmerica.org. Brought to you by Feeding America and the Ad Council. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Welcome back to Celestial Compass. We're talking today with Mark Borax about soul-level astrology. And right before the break, you... Uh, gave us a Rudolf Steiner quote. Would you mind saying that one again? Because I think it's a good launching point for a discussion. If you wish to advance along the psychic path, for every step you take in that direction, you should take three steps toward becoming a better human being. Was he a Pisces? He was. <laughs> this either sounds very Neptunian or like ne- Neptune in Libra kind of consciousness. It's a wonderful, a wonderful concept, and I, I would say that certainly resonates with me. And it sounds like that that has been a, uh, a a guiding light in the way you have conducted your work. It was, especially in my earliest years when I first hung up my shingle of an astrologer in the. San Francisco Bay Area, where there was, um, you know, hundreds of other astrologers. I was taking classes at the Berkeley Psychic Institute, where almost all the students in my class were learning to be psychic sooner than I was, and I was reading Rudolf Steiner right then, and that's when I stumbled upon that quote, and it became my code. It became, uh, it, it became the, the mantra that I took to heart. That may have been the best thing that happened. I, I, I have been to this institute. That's what I'll say about it. Um, <laughs> uh, so then this has given you, it sounds to me, like uh, a level of empathy that I would expect has facilitated connecting with the people who have come to you. Yeah, I've always been... Um, easy for people to connect with i'm just i'm just the kind of person that you know that strangers come up to and start telling me their life story or that you know that they're uh that they're going to commit suicide it's just i've just always been this kind of a person and um and in in my own 
um, my in my own challenges and my own struggles to um, to awaken to my shadow, to clear my blind spots, to turn around my karma. Um, I've learned that the humanness of what I'm offering to my astrology clients is more crucial than my celestial know-how. So I would imagine that the reaction I had to reading your writing is not an uncommon one with people who actually sit with you, which is, oh my God, I've been seen. Yeah, yeah. In fact, I was so glad to hear that you cried when you were reading that chapter, not just because you're an Aquarius and it's hard to make them cry, but <laughs> in my sessions when, when clients cry, and, but also when they laugh, I know that, that we're getting somewhere. It's not just a bunch of information, which astrology often devolves to a bunch of information, but when someone is crying, you know they're, you're getting to their soul. Mm-hmm. So in developing, I'm thinking there's a bridge between these experiences and how you have developed the information for your book. Were there uh, things that you experienced with clients enough that you started distilling patterns? That's part of it, probably. I think um, that I have a very successful writer friend who's written um, 20 or 30 books that some of which were New York Times bestsellers and it must have been 30 years ago or more he said Mark you've always been a writer now you're an astrologer why don't you write a book about the zodiac and it it, it sounded really great 30 years ago but I hadn't gone far enough into astrology and perhaps also into the art of writing itself to really know what I had to say. And unless something comes from inside me, no matter what a great idea it sounds like from other knowledgeable people, I just can't go there. And then about four years ago, um, I, oh, I know what it was. I, I taught a class uh, on the 12 signs of the Zodiac um, in my College of Visionaries and Wizards, the, the, the online institution that my wife and I um, created about uh, 15 years ago. And I taught a class there. And one of my students was so inspired by that. It was, um, it, it, was a, it was a course. It wasn't just a single class. One of my students was so inspired by it, unbeknownst to me, she transcribed all of it and then emailed me the written version of what I had said. And I, and I thought, whoa, um, there's a lot of good stuff here. And so in my editing, what she had sent me, I realized I could make a book out of this where I could just redo the 12 signs. And then the thing that my writer friend had told me all those decades ago finally became a reality. Sometimes things need to percolate. Yeah. And you, can, yeah. you can't force it. Okay. So then with the information that you presented in the class... That was then partially stuff that you had observed from varying people over the years? That's right. Thing, things I'd been taught, things I distilled from other uh, writings, and things that I observed felt in my gut. Um, you see, 
Kathy, I my readings um, differ than I think many other astrologers in that I call it star jazz, where when you're a jazz music, because I'm also a musician and a songwriter and a singer, and and if you're a jazz musician, even if you're playing the same score that you've played a thousand times before, the next time you play it, it has to be almost as if you've never played it before, or else it's not jazz. It's not in the living moment. Otherwise, mm-hmm. you're like those rock bands who go on tour and they play the song the exact way, note for note, that it was on the record, because the record company has them sign an agreement that they have to do it that way, and that would that would destroy me. So, So what I have to do is, even if I've read someone's chart 30 times, the 31st time I have to read it like jazz, almost as if I don't know it. So that was how I set out to write my book. It was almost as if I didn't know anything about the 12 signs and had to start all over again. And that was my first draft. You know, it took about a year or so to write. And um, and then I've been redrafting it ever since and getting it down and entering beginner's mind all over again and um you know just i'm a i'm a laborious writer in 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 the amount of drafts just thousands of drafts uh, would you would each does mm, i don't even know where how to how to take this each chapter each sign do you approach it from what their like core purpose is yeah yeah i'm trying to get down to soul because see with soul level astrology uh, it's 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 about stripping away the cliches the superficial layers and getting down to the core to the soul of the sign i had a lot of help in that because um that's one of the things that's one of the main things elias lonsdale did in our mystery school in the santa cruz mountains uh back in the in the 1990s where he presented a version of the signs that was just magical and astounding and real and deep and gritty. And um, I took what he had given me all those years ago and, and made it my own and gave it back to the world or, well, that's what I'm doing. I haven't published the book yet, but I'm almost there. So that's the way I've been doing it. Mm-hmm. Um, May may I say what I think that there's a subtitle for the Aquarius chapter, um, bridge building misfits and holistic fools: the Aquarian age art of crossing the gap. Yeah, yeah, you can Is say that. that. I, I just did it. So, um, <laughs> um, crossing the gap of of what? <laughs> well, I see Aquarius as one of the two bridge signs, Virgo being the other one, where. You know, Aquarius, true to um, being a, 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 a water bearer with a vessel, a vessel isn't a thing of its own so much as a thing that delivers other things. And, and Aquarius is, is like that in the sense that um, Aquarius by itself is really not the issue. Aquarius as a bridge between what is and what needs to be for species evolution, for, 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 the, for, for, for collective consciousness 
to go where it needs to go in order to harmonize with the entire galaxy, Aquarius needs to be a bridge builder who has to learn the code of the way things have been, the way things are, and the way things want to be. And that's what I think every Aquarius is doing, whether they're doing that consciously or subconsciously. That would certainly explain um, being 15 years ahead of the curve, at least in so many things. So um, I, I would agree with you in that. And, and, and actually another, uh, just from my own personal experience, because I know that you use... Um, uh, movie references, at least I've seen some of those movie and music references. The reference point I have is from the TV show Babylon 5. There was, which was late 90s, I think, there was a character uh, who showed up wherever the action was going on in Babylon 5 who actually lived in another dimension, and he couldn't completely come into the dimension of the main characters and they and the production crew actually blurred the actor so that that image was not quite in focus because he was partly in another place. Yeah, exactly. And, 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 and as an Aquarius, you're always partly in another place because compared to the cosmic zones that are more of your natural habitat, life on Earth is often a stone-cold drag that you got to kind of force yourself to show up for. Absolutely. <laughs> now, I'm curious how Virgo works as a bridge. Well, Virgo is... Aquarius is the con bridge of consciousness. Virgo is the... It's the feng shui of existence that, uh, uh, on a smaller scale than the galactic consciousness scale that Virgo goes back to the Vestal Virgins, that there is a way to sit, there is a way to walk, there is a way to think, that opens the, that, that, that realigns the, the feng shui of the universe so that the, um, so that the harmonizing, that the greater harmonizing forces can come down into um, the daily routine of, of, of human of human being that absolutely describes specific people I know one of whom is a feng shui master I swear to God yeah <laughs> she's a Virgo <laughs> <laughs> yeah perfect oh wow okay so just jumping around here how does music fit into this because I suspect it does I think it's indirectly in that I'm I'm really tuning into the music of the soul. So when when somebody comes to me for for a reading, I'm I'm really listening. I, I think soul level astrology is you know 90% about listening and 10% about talking. And and so even though I have great ideas, this isn't a moment for me to dominate the space between us with all of my great ideas. It's more of a moment for me to, uh, to lay down my ego and put my ear on the ground of their soul and speak to them what I'm hearing. Which goes back to the jazz. Yep. 
Yeah. Uh huh. Okay. Um, and I'm guessing that sometimes there is a song that you think of that speaks to something that a person is going through or experiencing. There is actually sometimes, not too often. I occasionally sing in my readings because, uh, just like quoting a, a Rumi poem or a Rudolf Steiner bit of wisdom, so, sometimes uh, the read the reading gets to the point where they're so they're they're so tenderized and and uh, from within that only only music can carry it. So there's times where I'll just sing a little like a like a verse of a song just to. Um, just to release some of the headiness of astrology and move move it in a different direction. My my weekly forecasts include a song of the week. Sometimes there are two or three at the end of it. And I was recently startled to have a new client ask for her own song of the week at the set at the end of the session. She said, <laughs> "Don't I get a song of the week?" I went, "Oh, okay." <laughs> Great. I love yeah. It. Yeah, well, it does speak to people and sometimes it there are multiple levels going on with the associations with a song at a particular point in your life and if it occurred to the uh counselor, probably it has some significance to the client. If something's coming into your head, it's going to resonate with that person in ways that you're not likely to ever quite understand. Yeah, absolutely. Being being initiated um, through my teenhood in the 1960s, I got to witness the ability of songs to change the world at at least as much and maybe more than the politics. That's that that makes absolute sense to me. And with that, we're going to take our second break. Hang in there, everybody. We'll be back in just a couple of minutes and see where this goes. Bringing a more conscious lifestyle to your world. Ohm Times Radio. IOM FM. Ohm Times Magazine is one of the leading online content providers of positivity, wellness, and personal empowerment. A philanthropic organization, their net proceeds are funneled to support worldwide charity initiatives via Humanity Healing International. Through their commitment to creating community and providing conscious content, they aspire to uplift humanity on a global scale. Ohm Times, co-creating a more conscious lifestyle. How would you like navigational tools you can use on your own? Visit my site, empowermentunlimited.net, and click the Shop tab. There you'll find lots of talks and guides explaining the big influences at work now, like Saturn in Aquarius and Uranus in Taurus. You'll also find a variety of guided visualizations for relaxing, clearing your energy, or getting to know planetary archetypes. That address again, empowermentunlimited.net. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing, and now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun, Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino-style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. 
My name is Victor Furman. Some call me The Voice. I've always been fascinated with human nature, spirituality, science, and the crossroads at which they meet. Join me Wednesdays at 8 p.m. Eastern on Ohm Times Radio, and we'll explore these topics and so much more on Destination Unlimited. If I could be you, and you could be me, for just one hour, if you could find a way to get inside each other's mind, walk a mile in my shoes, walk a mile in my shoes, walk a mile in my shoes. shoes. We've all felt left out, and for some, that feeling lasts more than a moment. We can change that. Learn how at belongingbeginswithus.org. Brought to you by the Ad Council. Walk a mile in my shoes. Welcome back to Celestial Compass. We are talking today with Mark Borax, and I would love it if you could give a little background on how you came up with the title, The Ruby Heart of the Dragon. Yeah, The Ruby Heart of the Dragon, Sun Signs for Our Times. It was where I was thinking about uh, the north and south nodes of the moon with the Uh. names that Arabian astrologers gave to them, which are very provocative. They, They called the north node of the moon the dragon's head and the south node of the moon, the dragon's tail. And I thought to myself, if the north node is the dragon's head, where we're trying to get to, and if the south node is the dragon's tail, where we're coming from in past lives, then your sun sign could be seen as the heart of the dragon. And, uh, and right away the name, the ruby heart of the dragon, came to me. So. Uh, it, it wasn't yet inserted in your version of the manuscript chapter that you got, but the ends of the chapters close with a paragraph on what it means to have that sign as your dragon's head or tail. Ah, uh, I see. I see. Oh, that's going to be fascinating. Yeah, um, that's the part I'm working on now, is the little paragraphs at the end of the chapters. Hmm. Hmm. I am so curious. <laughs> I mean, it's, uh, again, it's poetry. There were parts I was just so validating. I love anybody that's going to say I'm steampunk. Sure, fine. But uh, (laughs) there were parts I wanted to just print out and shove in a therapist's face and say, see, that's how I'm supposed to be. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Well, you should hang on to that version because I think some of the things in there didn't make it into the final cut just just because of where I'm where I'm going with them. Uh, I'm not I see. sure that the steampunk part of it made it, but I love the fact that that inspired you. Oh, well, yes. Very, very much so. Um, one other thing I want to go back to, I let it, I let it drop, uh, and then there was one other topic. Uh, when, when you were talking about assimilating Rudolf Steiner's quote about needing to become a better person... How does that play out in specifics? Well, you know, when I found that quote, I was, I was getting down on myself for, uh, you know, I was like 34, 35 years old, something, and um, had, uh, had lost many girlfriends, had lost many jobs, had moved about 10 million times to different parts of the country, and just was just still having the hardest time 
breaking through. I knew I had so much more potential, so much more creativity than I had ever even managed to get out. I, I like there was like floods inside me that had ever only ever made it to the world in little trickles. And then I read Steiner's quote for every step you wish to take along the path of psychic mastery, take three steps toward becoming a, a better human being. And I, I took that to heart and realized, how could I become a better son to my parents? How could I become um, a better boyfriend to the lover I knew someday I was going to have again? How, how, how could I become a better neighbor? How, how could I shift my attention from the... Um, p- proposed grandiosity of ego, like I'll be the great astrologer who's going who's gonna to light the world on fire, to the simplicity of caring um, for my home and my cat and my family. That, that's how I took it. With an awareness of the existence of other people and that's your right. impact on them is what it sounds like. Okay. That, that's right. Okay, so that's something anybody is capable of doing if they just reorient their perspective. Well, yeah, because when you dabble in the psychic arts, you're messing with a lot of cosmic voltage, and it's really good to have the lightning rod of a, of a grounded personality. That is such a beautiful way of putting it. Yep, absolutely, absolutely. Um College of Visionaries and Wizards. Tell us about that. What a wonderful name. Yeah, thank you. Uh, at first, my wife, Marcella, just fought me. She said, I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to call our school the College of Visionaries and Wizards. I said, please just trust me on this. Trust me. And, and she's the one with all the um, knowledge of business and finances and uh, websites. And I, I was the one with, um, with the, the astro- astrology and music background much more than business success and and in almost everything in in creating our college and in maintaining it i deferred to her but on this one i stood my ground and it 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 just felt to me um well anyway uh, along with the name what we what we do is we have a three-year program where we teach students around the world to read charts the way i do on a soul level and now we also have other teachers, um, teachers who I taught how to, um, through our chart study program, including Marcella, um, have now taken over some of the other courses in our school teaching. And, um, and uh, it's taken about 15 years, but the college has grown more and more substantial and solvent, and it's... Um, uh, I, I I love teaching and I co- I come alive in my teaching. Um, and, and when I started it, in some ways I looked at my teaching as taking away from doing astrology readings. Um, but now, in some ways, it's almost reversed. I gain so much creative satisfaction out of teaching that um, it, well, I'm not really resentful to have to do readings. It's just that it's they've boosted up to be e- e- equally creative and satisfying. Mm-hmm. That makes sense. Well, and, and what sorts of things would people learn if they were to come? Well, it, like I said, there's a three-year program of um, six semesters, which each week online we meet via Zoom, and I, I teach people, I lead people through a step-by-step process, um, just like a craft. 
I, I teach people the craft of not just reading charts on a soul level, but how to live on a soul level. So there's a lot of there's a lot of deep moments, a lot of powerful stuff. It's a it, it's a mystery school that has become deeper and deeper. <coughs> I'm now leading the sixth group of students through the three-year course, and then they get a, a certificate at the end of it, be, um, be certified to practice soul-level astrology. Does he, <clears throat> I'm so sorry. <clears throat> My sinuses have decided to get me. <clears throat> How does it compare with, uh, or does it compare with what you did in the Redwoods in Santa Cruz in the 90s? That's, you see, this is Exactly, you nailed that one, Kathy, because um, after going through a seven-year apprenticeship in the Redwoods with Elias Lonsdale and his wife, Sarah Lonsdale, um, I, I was craving to um, create my own mystery school where I could offer some of those um, the, the mysteries, the, the, deep, the deep mysteries to others and I tried over and over again for many years to teach, but I felt <clears throat> that each time I tried, I either overdid um, the cosmic side of the teachings at the expense of the reality side or vice versa. And then finally, about 15 years ago, when we created the College of Visionaries and Wizards, I, I started to create a program that at this point now, with the sixth group of students, I, I, I feel has, fin has finally become perfected so that it honors both the cosmic side of the mysteries as well as the, you know, the reality side, the, emotion, the emotional side, the, the karma, the humanness of it. And, um, and uh, it, it, for my money, a lot of metaphysicians are really off in the galaxy, but not very grounded and 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 human. So, at this point now, it I feel that the program is is really where where it needs to be. So you're essentially teaching people to be as above, so below. I mean, basically, you're teaching them how to bridge. Absolutely, and that yeah. was my first astrology book by Alan Oaken, as above. <laughs> So Below, Alan Oaken's Complete Astrology. That was the only astrology book I read for four years, and I only studied my own birth chart as well as the charts Alan put in there. And, mm -hmm. um, you know, I was following the oracle of Apollo at Delphi, the wisdom of the Greeks that said, know thyself. And so I only studied my own chart for four years, and then um, I met Elias Lonsdale, and then I became an astrologer. So it's totally continuing the tradition of the mystery school that I participated in, but in my own way. Everything's a spiral. Yep. That's right. <laughs> it's just a giant spiral. You go back to where you were, only it's at a slightly different point on the spectrum. That's my experience. Um, so we're nearing the end of our time. We still have a couple of minutes. Is 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 there something you want to leave people with about soul level astrology and yep. how? Okay, please. 
yeah, first I want to just let them know you can find me at markborax.com, M-A-R-K-B-O-R-A-X, and everything I do, my books, my readings, and my classes um, are, are right there. And in terms of just a message to your listeners, I just want to say that these are um, incredible times on planet Earth. I feel we have about, on the outside, 60 years to wake up and turn around the karma of the uh, of the corrupt few ruling over the many and really getting the, this Aquarian Age thing, which means that you're here to follow the truth of your soul wherever it goes and not let anybody talk you out of it. That was succinct. <laughs> <laughs> you can vamp for a few more minutes if you want. I'm I'm here to help you, you know, and you know people like Kathy and myself, um, we're we're meeting at the crossroads, you know. This this is the crossroads of everything that has been, and everything that should be, and it won't serve to play small to give away your power. Um, this is the time for the the love that's sleeping inside. Uh, the human race to wake up and um, and open up the bright future that's trying to come through the the stuck quarters of the present. And empathy seems to me to be a huge part of the key. Yeah, Re- recognizing the experience of other people, and I don't know, maybe the Saturn in a, in Pisces transit that's coming up didn't seem to do it too horribly well in the 90s except for those of us who were dealing with people with AIDS but maybe this next time around that coinciding with Pluto moving into Aquarius could startle some people into recognizing that we're more alike than we're different and we're all on this little ball together that's it yep well okay um Thank you. I'm stunned. Uh, this has been wonderful. Oh, more about when is, when is your book possibly coming out? Where can people look for it? It'll be coming out in May, and you'll, you'll be able to, to hear about it on my website, markborax.com. And uh, people could also sign up for my free monthly newsletter on my website, The Cosmic Weather Report, and you'll hear about it that way as well. Which is also the name of a book that you wrote with... Elias Lonsdale, correct? That's, that's right. There's the Cosmic Weather Report book where we take a look at what's trying to happen here for the future. And then there's my monthly Cosmic Weather Report newsletter. Okay. And, and, and the, it seems to me there's always that there's been this long pattern of let's write towards the future. Um, but that, that book, uh, the, the book Cosmic Weather Report, addresses individual and collective obstacles toward the transformation of our world. Is that an accurate description yeah. of what's going on with it? Yeah, yeah. It's, uh, it, 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 it looks at the hidden magic and the regenerative power that's caught underneath um, the old stories, the stories of mass media, the stories of ego, the stories of... Um, of separation and uh, and and digs down into um, the, the stories of the soul. 
which then gets back to your work. So it all goes together, everybody. All one big piece. <laughs> and I thank you so much for sharing your story with us. There's, I mean, I'd love to just sit down and hear about how did you meet Ray Bradbury? How did this happen? How did that happen? Whatever the comic books. See, there's a lot going on here, people. You need to go to his website and learn more about his background because I don't often say that person has a more interesting past than I do, but I'm saying it now. <laughs> well, that story of how I met Bradbury is in the Leo chapter of my new book. Well, I'll just wait for it. Well, thank you so very much, and I wish you ongoing success with your college, and I'm really looking forward to this book. Uh, everybody, again, it's markborax.com. And again, my forecasts are at omtimes.com and also at empowermentunlimited.net. So plug your ears. We'll be going into the uh, Gemini full moon, and then things will get a lot saner as the month goes on. Talk to you in a couple of weeks, everyone. It is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hey, guys. It is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun, too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino-style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere where and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses so join me in the fun sign up now at chumbacasino.com no purchase necessary btw void prohibited by law see terms and conditions 18 plus